Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. All right. So this is Steve Barnes with a little uh, talk shoe web client life writing story analysis today. So we have a few people on the line, but the most important ones are our two writers who uh, have volunteered to, well, we're going to explore what, what their stories are from a very specific point of view. So we have other, other listeners on there, but I'm going to start with Misty. Um, so Misty, you're, you're there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, how are you doing today? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? How are you doing today? Good, good. Feeling a little fluey, but but I'm going to kick it. Yes, you're going to kick it. So we're going to start with with your story today, Mad Blues. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, most of what I do is I talk about the structure of a story. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't talk a lot about whether I liked it, disliked it, this, that, the other, but I will touch on a little something with, with your story before we get into it. And that is that I actually found myself feeling uncomfortable doing your story, which is a good thing. You know, uh, it, it, it was, it, it hit me emotionally, which I enjoy, you know, and I felt uncomfortable, which is good, especially in a, a short piece. So, um, whatever the, my, my, let me ask what was, what would you consider to be the dominant emotion that you were trying to trigger with your story? Um, fear. Okay, anger. good. Yeah, I think you did it. So uh, your story is called Mad Blues, um, and we're going to get into that in just a second here. Let me, uh, let me close my screen a little bit. Let me just see. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look. We've got one other one other listener here. I just want to kind of wanted to find out who they were. There's somebody in New York. Who's in New York? Hello, is there a listener oh, in New hello? York? Hi. No. Um, well, no. Hi. Are you talking to me? Yes. Hi, Stephen. This is Amanda Traeger, and we live in New York, but we're in Los Angeles these days. So. The phone number okay. is for Got it. Well, welcome to the call. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to mute you again. I'm going to go back over uh, and talk to our writer again. Talk to Misty. Okay, Misty. Um, the hero's journey pattern. Before we get started, is there anything that you wanted to ask or say? Um, I think I said that uh, fear and anger I thought were kind of dominant in it, but I did mm-hmm. want um, a little more blues in it. It's kind of it, blues kind in of the regret. sense of uh, a sense of regret, sweetness. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To balance um, it out, I think. Because blues is often a combination of love and regret. You know that that life is hard, but love makes it worthwhile. You know, that mm-hmm. woman done me wrong or that man done me wrong, but I will love again sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it is an embracing of life, but at the same time aware that life is tough. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that makes the blues wonderful, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's but good. But not if, so if, much that's on the... 
Huh? Not so much that we feel too sympathetic for him, though. Right, 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 right. Well, I think that I think there's nothing wrong, even a monster. You know, the world makes sense from the monster's point of view. There's nothing wrong with empathizing with someone, understanding someone. In fact, the refusal to understand monsters is one of the things that makes it possible for monsters to breed. You know, that, that people are afraid if I understand that I might be too sympathetic and then I won't be able to protect myself. You know, that's not the truth. You know, you need to understand a tiger in order to kill it. You know what I'm saying? So, so um, I, I salute you if that's part of what you're doing. Do you sort of hear the music of a story in your mind when you're writing? Are you, do you sort of compose music? Sometimes. Okay, Sometimes, good. Especially this one. Good. Because I can tell you honestly that I will work on a story until I can feel it, until I can see it, until I can hear the music in it. You know, then I know I'm ready to write it. So uh, trust those, those impressions. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so we're going to use the hero's journey. Hero's journey is that 10-step process. Heroes confronted with a challenge. They reject the challenge. They accept it. They go, set out on the road of trials. They meet allies and gain powers. They have the confrontation with evil in which evil is, you know, they have the confrontation with evil. They enter the dark night of the soul when it feels that all of their abilities aren't equal to the task. They take the leap of faith. Um, and if they take it, they confront evil again and they win and the student becomes a teacher. That's the perfect pattern, but there are corruptions of every step that make things much more interesting. You know, there are ways to go up and down and sideways at each step so that there are infinite variations and some very dark, ugly turns that things can take. So I'm going to tell you um, what the way I looked at this story, and then you can offer me some corrections. Fair enough? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so um, my initial thought is that the hero com is confronted with a challenge. Um, Tom is challenged to understand that he is a broken man and fix it. I would say that's his existential challenge. Um, the rejection of a challenge, he can't. He can't deal with that reality. Uh, so uh, the acceptance of the challenge, he does not. And therefore, he is going to be sent along a negative road. Okay. So uh, the road of trials, for instance, he commits his wife to the asylum. Um, the allies and powers of the, of the ugly side of him, his insanity protects itself in a fantasy world which splits his wife into the homemaker and the whore. His confrontation with evil, the wife escapes, the quote-unquote whore comes home to him. The dark night of the soul, images of the blood babies crawling from her body. Leap of faith, he cannot take the leap of faith. He's not even close to being strong enough to do that. And instead, he falls downward into, into damnation for all practical purposes. To confront confrontation with evil and win? No. At this point, you can switch protagonists. The wife's quote-unquote coven, and we'll talk about that, protects her as the perspective shifts. The student becomes a teacher. Now, he is the one that is taught his dark damaged feminine self has triumphed. So that's the way I look at it from the point of view of the hero's journey. Discuss that with me, would you please? Hello, Misty? Misty?
Can you hear me, Misty? Hello. Hi. Hi, Misty. Yes, I had to call you back from another phone. I usually do this from Google, but for some reason, it's just dropping the call. So. Okay. So call and you're from calling from phone, from so. Southeast Pennsylvania, right? Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Good. So, uh, where where did you drop out? Where did, what was the last thing you heard from me? Um. So you said what I see is, and then it cut out. Okay. You so even... let me go, let me go back over that again from the point of view okay, of the hero's journey. Okay. Uh, no, it's no, no problem whatsoever. Technology is our friend, except when it is not. Uh, okay. So the hero is confronted with a challenge. Tom is challenged to understand that he is a broken man and to fix it. That's his challenge as a human being, his existential challenge. The reject, he rejects that challenge. He can't do it. He's not strong enough. And so the acceptance of the challenge, once again, he cannot. So that is going to send him on a downward spiral. The road of trials, the most notable thing there is he commits his wife to the asylum. Uh, mm-hmm. allies and powers. The, the, we're talking about the ally, not of his best self, but of his worst self. His insanity protects itself by creating a fantasy world which splits his wife into the homemaker and the whore. Mm-hmm. His confrontation with evil, so to speak, the wife escapes, the whore comes home. Mm-hmm. Dark night of the soul is the images of the blood babies crawling from her body. Mm-hmm. The leap of faith, he cannot take a leap of faith. He's, he's He's on the path to damnation. Mm-hmm. The confrontation with evil, at this point, you shift perspectives. His wife's coven protects her. And the student mm-hmm. becomes a teacher. No, he is the one taught. His dark feminine, the wounded feminine side has triumphed. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it from this particular perspective. L- discuss that with me. What, what, t- what is the story about for you? How does, how does what I say work or not work? Um. I think it definitely works. I think what I was oh, trying to do <laughs> it definitely works. I never know. Definitely. Yeah, I try, but you know, I, but there are times when I I miss it completely. You know, but and it was hard horror... to think of it that way. Yeah, because you said right horror. It's not necessarily a hero that you admire, right? That's exactly right. I mean, the hero is also the protagonist, even though Joseph Campbell okay, talked yes. about the hero's journey. Don't take that too literally. You know, okay. that sometimes it's a journey into hell, and sometimes it's an evil person. And because he cannot walk the path of righteousness, he's going to spiral down into damnation. There are other cases mm-hmm. where it's an evil. I could write a short story about Hannibal Lecter, you know, triumphing. So it's an evil person who, who wins. You know, it's, there's all sorts of different variations we can do on that theme. People who take that too, too literally are just people who are very literal-minded and, and, and think that, the only thing you can play on a piano is scales. No! Mm-hmm. Each, each key, each step in the hero's journey represents a particular emotion, a particular state. It's up to you as the artist to decide what music you're going to play. You can skip notes. You can double up. You can do all sorts of interesting things. But those 88 keys are your basic notes. You play them in combination. You, you put, do it this. You do that. Um, and with the steps of the hero's journey, you understand the emotional resonance. We are all confronted with a challenge to, to complete ourselves as human beings, to be good and decent people. So let's go back over that. Tell me about how you saw his challenge as a human being. Um, was to see these women as human beings. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. In order yeah. to do that, he has to be in touch with his own feminine side. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know? And, and you it's know, kind of like those hit. old blues songs where you never get to hear. I mean, sometimes you do, but it's usually just killing a woman for something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't quite hear you. It's just wetting the woman for something? Um, killing a woman for, for some oh. reason, usually like infidelity or something like that. Right. You know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, definitely have heard those. Definitely have heard those. So this is a man... And with it, to understand him does not mean to forgive him, not at uh-huh. all. Okay. Uh-huh. So he is his wound on the level of the feminine is so deep that he hates the feminine outside himself. I mean, you know, there's nobody there. Uh, what he sees is his own darkness. What he sees is his own damage, his own evil. And he's blaming the rest of the world for himself. Now, maybe he was born that way. Maybe something happened along the way. That's, that's your metaphysics. That's your mm-hmm. theory of how human beings are. So, yes. But I don't blaming... have to do that. Do I have to go into that part? No. I think that, that your stories don't have to talk about it. I think it is useful for you to know it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. have to describe how a gun is manufactured or the history of guns in order to say he lifted the gun and shot. But I have to have some idea of, the, of what guns are in order to understand that it's going to kill the person when the, when the, when the bullet's going to kill them when it hits. So if you have some kind of a theory, an idea, what causes evil? You might think that you know what causes it. You might think that it is beyond our understanding. It's okay. But I think that hmm. you as an artist have an obligation to yourself and your reader to be God in the universe of your story. You have some idea what's going on. There is nothing wrong with not stating it. In fact, in many ways, you don't state it directly. You state it by implication. You just tell mm-hmm. a story of what happened in the world. If I, say that, if I show a picture of somebody walking down the street, I don't have to explain gravity, but I understand that gravity exists. That's what holds them on the ground. So I have a theory of the way the world works, and my people operate within that world. So this is a, a man who has a very negative sense of women. You might have, you probably have some idea if we were to have a discussion, why, what causes men like that? We can have a conversation about that. And your stories might, might touch on that, or you might decide, you know something, I don't want to touch on that. I want to show what happens. I'm not going to speculate on why it happens. That's your choice, too, and it's a perfectly valid choice. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So what would you say – so his challenge then is would, would have been to heal himself so he could have healthy relationships. Would you agree with that, or, or do you think it's, his challenge would be something else? Um, and this is the thing, too. Like, what, um, How do you frame a challenge – is I think one of the things that the story is saying is that there are some things that are so bad that you're just going to have to account for them. Well, I think that your story can certainly be there are people who are so broken that there is no saving them. His but you still give them the challenge, and in the end you well, show that they weren't able to. Well, I think that it is a way of looking at it structurally. You don't have to look at a story structurally. You can just write the story. And if your story works, it just works. Now, all this can be at the level of unconscious competence. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that if your stories don't work, if you want to understand one of the things that is the engine of storytelling, then you look into the structure. You could also look into the character. You could also look into the language. There are lots of different ways of looking at it. I find that structure is very useful. So this story is about someone who is so broken that there's no healing them, and you are simply allowing 
their dysfunction to act out. You're giving us a vision into hell. There's, and that works perfectly. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to go into some analysis or psychology, but I think that it is important for you as a creator to have an idea. You know, what, what are human beings? and What is the world that they live in? Mm-hmm. You know, your stories are set against that. And you could change, you could experiment with different ideas in every story. Every story could be, well, I think the world is this, or I think human beings are that. And you can have 100 different theories about what human beings are, and every story plays out differently. And you're, you're playing games with that. And there are brilliant writers who do that. But I think that, that in general, you're best off. The life writing approach says that you are working on, you're working your own stuff out. You're working, you know, why do people hurt each other? Why is the world the way it is? You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do, do portraiture here. I'm going to show a picture of someone who is broken. And I'm not going to offer you any damn answers. I'm just going to give you a vision of hell. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, some of my favorite stories are just like that. So you don't have to be explicit about any of this. But I think that in, you know, that for your own sake, for the sake of your soul, I think it is a good idea for you to have some ideas. Why? Why do people hurt each other? Why do men do the things they do? Why do women do the things they do? What is this yeah. all about? I think that those are the questions we ask ourselves as human beings, and artists simply say, well, maybe it's this, or what if it's that? So you're just giving us a snapshot of someone who is breaking. Their brain is falling apart. Their, their, their brain is being eaten by worms for all practical purposes, and a lot of horror goes down that path. And it's, like I said, it was genuinely disturbing, which is good. <laughs> I like it. Okay. okay? And- and another thing I wanted to ask um, from yeah. a structural perspective, because I don't always start out like that, but I find it helps, like if I can't finish something or I'm having problems. Uh-huh. And um, this one, I felt like um, some of the pace toward the end, like I went too quickly. And it was like um, the dark night of the soul that you were talking about. Um, yeah, you, you know, something from one point of view, the entire story is the dark night of the soul. He just, He's just in hell. You know, he, okay. he, he masks it. You know, he, he's able to go to work. He seems to be functional. But really, we're talking about a moment in which he A long-term split, split, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so on a, fractal, on a fractal basis, you could say that the entire story takes place in the dark night. But within mm-hmm. that, you're going to establish a rhythm. You're mm-hmm. going to say, you know, here he had a point to try to heal himself. At this point, mm-hmm. he had a chance to try to heal himself. He and, you know, and maybe he, instead of putting his wife in the asylum, he and his wife could have gone to counseling or something. I mean, it, just to be namby-pamby about it. You know, but yeah, he's, yeah. Just too, he's, he's too far gone. So right. to be able to focus in but also be able to, to pull back, this is a snapshot of a moment in a man's life. That life lasted for 40 years, yeah. you know, 30 years, whatever it is. This is a couple of days where his life completely unraveled. Yes. Um, so it's it's to it's going to have a rhythm and an integrity and a roller coaster ride all its own. But you could also step back and say this is the moment that was the dark night, and to be able to move back and forth allows you to kind of say, well, is this too rushed? Well, the way to know if it's too rushed is what what does the reader need to feel at the end of the story? Is do I give them enough time in this scene to process the events so that they will have the emotions 
that allow there's going to, a story is going to have an emotional cascade. You're going to create a series of emotions, like knocking over dominoes, knocking over rolling dominoes. This emotion leads to this one, leads to this one, leads to this one, until you come to a devastating, shattering climax. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last domino was the big domino. If you pushed at it directly, it wouldn't have gone over. But if you knock over a row of smaller dominoes, it slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. By the time it gets to the end, it has enough momentum to knock over the big domino, and your reader puts the story down and their hands are shaking. Because you took them on a journey, and and this is why it's important for your language to be clear, your images to be clear, um, that you understand your universe so that by the time your reader is a page into that story, they have, they have lost control. You are in control of the horizontal. You are in control of the vertical. You, have, you are dominating them. You're taking them on a ride, and they can do nothing except follow along. And by the end of the story, they're going to feel the emotions you want them to feel. Does that make sense? Yes. Great. Okay, so um, his road of trials is lots of different things that, that happen in the story that are explicit and implicit. I don't even know which of them are reality and which ones aren't or not. But I put an interpretation. Was I correct that he, that he saw his wife both as housewife and whore? Yes. Okay, good. So there were not two people. He just, this is a man um, who, I mean, just oh, the kind oh, of... Oh, I, I see that you, yes. I, they, they appear to be two people to him. Yes. Yes, but no, it wasn't. They are the same person. That's right. So he yes. has the he has the beautiful apartment, and then there is a nasty flat where he engages in in just filthy sex. So sex is this horrible, nasty thing. You know, it's the kind of thing that somebody who was raped by their aunt or their mother, you know, or an older woman, just just something filthy, just. Awful, awful. This is a man. He's got. He's a bag of worms. You see what I'm saying? He looks fine on the mm-hmm. outside, but he's just awful. And he's a monster in some ways. Now, in your mind, did he actually beat his wife to death? Hmm. I thought that he beat this woman to death. I, a supernatural element is here. And I think it, it can take different interpretations because of the narrator course. is insane. You know what I mean? Yes, and he's, um, he's an unreliable narrator. Did and he commit a murder and would that. he? Yes. Did, okay. um, was his, and I think, and so he was, the timeline is that this happened while he was dating his wife. And, and in a way, I think all women are the same woman to him. It just sure. depends on what their function is. Sure. And so is that too, you know. Okay. That's, that's just fine. And, and when you use an unreliable narrator or an unreliable point of view or an insane point of view, uh, that is a sophisticated piece of writing. Okay? I suggest that people start with much simpler stories, but you mm-hmm. seem to have a sense of the rhythm of the construction sufficiently that I won't tell you to go back and do simpler stories. You write mm-hmm. more stories that are along your, along your path, but just keep working on the understanding the structure. You know, just get better at what it is that you're doing right here. You don't need to back up. You've already got your linguistic skills. You've already got your storytelling skills. You already have a voice. Okay? So I'm not going to ask you to go back to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is to get clearer on on your process. This is what you're doing. 
So you could sit down to someone and you could say, this is how I wrote this story. This is what it means to me. Now, mm-hmm. it's possible that you don't need to do that if your stories are already selling at the level you want to. But if they're not, then understanding what you're doing enables you to have control. Okay? So mm-hmm. in other words, you, if, if it's all working well, you don't have to think about it. But if it's not working perfectly, then it's a good thing to think about it, gaining conscious control so that you can make the adjustments you need to make so you can turn it back over to your unconscious and just have fun with your writing. Well, I've been I don't, collecting some craft stuff, and, like, I try to – I've been trying to read, like, my um, – the most difficult artists I can, like, my favorites. Like, for one thing, um, Tanana Reeves helps me um, understand pacing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's a damned fine example. Look at the way she uses language. Look at the way she, she uses the poetics of her language to guide your emotions. She does not go to page two until she has page one perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. She right. makes sure that every <laughs> word is doing exactly what she wants it to do. That is a style of writing. And if you want to model yeah. what it is that she's doing, that's what you want to do. That yeah, I also notice when authors don't do that. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't make it bad, but it's, it's different, you know? Yeah, every, every writer has a different thing. I don't do it that way. I, I tend to write a first draft and then polish it until, until I get it where I want it to be. That's mm-hmm. different. Okay? You're going to find your way of doing it. So um, allies and powers, confrontation with evil, you know, the, the wife escapes, the whore comes home. What was going on with the entire sequence there where she's giving birth to these blood babies? In your mind, what was actually happening in that scene? Um, his sins are coming back to attack him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, was because this... there's all these babies he doesn't want, like in the form of like his wife's baby even. And then, yes. you know. And in, in, what, in your mind, was this really happening? Was it impossible yeah. to determine what? Okay, so it was happening. At this yeah. point, you are sliding into the supernatural. You yeah. are suggesting that his sins opened the door to the supernatural or that he married a witch or it's yeah. one of those yeah. things. Yeah, something okay, of that nature. Like you, okay. this is the wrong woman to, because she does yes. have this split. She's, um, you know, like the, the Nina Simone idea of the, you know, the four women, and this is two of them. Yes. Yes. So you could, it, you know, she could be that she was a witch. You, you could also take the position that a man's abuse turns a woman into a witch, mm-hmm. that a woman has magic within her womb. And if it doesn't manifest in one way, it will manifest in another. So you, mm-hmm. by, by having mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. sense within yourself, this is how I think the world is, or this is what I'm going to say the world is within this one story so that you can understand the logic, the logic of the magic. And mm-hmm. not, I don't think everybody does that, but I think that, that I can tell you honestly that I think that that can be a useful tool. You will find your own way to do this. Yeah. You're clearly going to be a published writer. I mean, you're clearly going to, you've already a published writer. You're clearly going to publish more stories. You're going to find your own way with this. All I can do is give you a perspective on one path, and I expect you to throw most of what I'm saying away, and that a few things that I'm saying will make some sense and, 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 and will be of use to you. But you're already you've already got uh, you've already got chops. You already have a style. It's just a matter of getting more conscious control, so you can throw the conscious control away and just have fun, and just just write from your heart, write from your emotions. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So um, the 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 shift in perspective. Tell me about the shift in perspective when the sort of coven protects her as the when that perspective shifted. Tell tell me about that. Um, that was sort of. Hello. Yes. Okay. That was sort of um. Honestly, like it, it just kind of came to me as an image of like what of like what happens after that. You know what I mean? It almost felt like yes. an epilogue, like to to bring it around. Why not? Why and not? That, You've heard um, of that. And the image from Lead Belly is like really okay. haunting to me. Yes, I you know, my thought is I have a sense of what it is that you're trying to do in your work. And I think that, that you develop your own sense of structure within it. I mean, a hero's journey is a way of looking at it. Find your own if that doesn't work for you. Then find, you know, use that as a way of creating a spine for your work. And it, it can be, depending on how sophisticated you become, that spine can become inferential rather than specific and solid. But it, it gives you something where you always know why every image is there. Eventually, you will throw all that away and you'll just go on your instinct. But right now, mm-hmm. I think that that would be useful to you mm-hmm. because you're, you're trying to convey some things that you feel about love, about relationships, about corrupt men, about damaged women. There's a lot mm-hmm. to unpack in this story. And yeah. so I want, yeah, there's a lot of power. You're working through some powerful stuff here. I can feel it. And, um, uh, you know, that, so I want you to be sure that you understand a structure within it that enables you to have the leverage to create the emotional power that, you, that you, you're trying to create, okay? Yes. Okay. So is that useful? Yeah, it is. It is very useful. Oh, excellent. I like that. So, um, you know, so stay on the line. I'm going to switch over to the other writer. Wait, have I have one more and, question. I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Yeah, one more question. Um, do you have any... Do you have any uh, specific um, texts or examples that I should look at on structure? Just every short story you can get your hands on. You know, okay. not you don't need a textbook, uh, although textbooks are fun. Textbooks are useful. Read mm-hmm. successful short stories and break them down using the hero's journey. You know, just say, well, you know, what is the challenge here? You know, do they accept it or they reject it? What are the trials that they go through? What are their allies and powers? What is the biggest confrontation with evil? What is the deepest, darkest night of the soul they sink into? What is their version of the leap, or leap of faith, and do they take it or not? The final confrontation with evil, do they win or not? And how does the cycle complete itself? Just ask yourself okay. those questions with about 10 stories that you like. You'll get it. Okay. Really, you'll get it. You know, I have total confidence in you. And, or just, you know, watch, watch a few movies that you like, you know, um, Eve's Bayou and stuff. Just, you know, who, who do you think created mm-hmm. the images and the emotions that hit you, that made you cry or made you shrink away? You know, what was mm-hmm. it? Look at the structure. Structure isn't the only thing to look at, but I tend to go through that door. So it is legitimate for me to stress that. We, like I said, we could talk about this in terms of character. We did. We talked about, you know, broken people and, and how and the challenges that they face and so forth and so on. Um, but I think that, that what you have here is a fever dream, but it does have an internal integrity. Mm-hmm. And the integrity is an, an emotional sense you have. I think it's an outrage. 
why do we hurt each other the way we do? Why does love turn to pain? What is What the hell is going on with us as, as human beings? What is wrong with men? What is wrong with women? What is happening here? I, mm-hmm. I sense that you're trying to work through that stuff, some version of that stuff. But I, am I right about that? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. See, that's good stuff. That's from my own life stuff. and the things that I see every day, you know, on social there media or from friends. Yes, yes. You understand that that's the work, honey. Yeah, that's like that murder work. happened to a, uh-huh. um, to a friend of mine's college roommate. The, 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 I, this is what I think makes powerful writing. You go right to the heart of the greatest darkness, the greatest light in your life, and you say why. You say, what does this mean? You're working through the deepest questions mm-hmm. in your life. This is what makes, this is what works. This is what mm-hmm. life writing mm-hmm. is, is going into your own life and using structure to create a little bit of distance so you can get some perspective on it. And you ask questions. What are we as human mm-hmm. beings? What is the world? And you work this stuff out and you write and you write and you write and you work it out, okay? Yes, thank you. If you have any additional questions, you know, you can, you can, Message me, or we might have some time at the end of this. But now I need to go to my other call, okay? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you. So, Opichi, are you there? Hello? Is Opichi, is Opichi there? I'm here. Okay, you're in Massachusetts or New York? I'm in Massachusetts. Okay. Okay, good. So I just want to mute these, mute these other ones. And so um, your story was a challenge to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a challenge. It is, you know, like I said, I don't say much about the quality of stories. I feel that it is, it is more important for us to peek under the hood and look at the structure of them. Um, because if we start talking about the quality within writers groups, it gets to the, oh, well, you're good or you're bad. I'm like this, eh, I'm not interested in that. What I will say about your story is that you're a real science fiction writer. Wow. Um, yeah, you're, you know, that, that, that you are a, a science fiction writer of, the, of a specific type where you actually have to decode the meaning of the images in order to understand where you are. You dropped the reader directly into an alien world and then challenged them to keep up with you. That is, uh-huh. that is, that is a particular type of science fiction and if you can get good at this, are you published yet? Um, not this kind of stuff. I mean, I have a short story in uh, Tidal Basin Review. I don't know if you've ever read that. Uh-uh. And, um, and I, have, uh, um, I have a book published, but it's not fiction. It's academic. Okay. Well, what I'm going to say academic is... Academic stuff published. Mainly, you, you have a talent for this, um, but what I'm going to want you to consider is that it's almost too dense in the sense of trying to decode this. It's so alien, which in one sense is really good. You may want to try something something simpler until you get your structure together and, and you have your skills and then go back up to the level of complexity. Or you may want to do the same thing that our previous call did, which is just stay at this level of complexity and just keep working, you know, until until you bring everything up. But uh, I think that 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 let me try to decode your story, okay? Use using the hero's journey, and let's see how close I came. Because if okay. I got it, 
then you're pretty close. If I didn't get it, then you may want to to simplify things just Got a little it. bit. Okay, so so the hero is confronted with a challenge. The protagonist would seem to be Angel, who seems to me to want to under. If, let me. I'm going to go through all of this, and then we'll go over it a piece at a time, and you'll tell me where I was right and where I was wrong, and and we can talk about it. Fair enough. Okay. Okay, so it seems that Angel wants to understand the odd creatures, the human beings that are refugees on his planet. The rejection of the, of the challenge is that human addiction to what might be called morphic stability seems insane yeah. to, these, to these creatures. The acceptance of the challenge, the host creatures are trying to understand out of hospitality or curiosity. The road of trials is they meld themselves into forms similar to the humans in the human world while trying to understand this. They're trying to create a comfortable environment, and at the same time, they're trying to, to comprehend. Allies and powers, Harmon is a human who is mentally, temporally more flexible than most. They understand him a bit. Um, these creatures have vast intelligence and powers of mental biological control. The confrontation with evil is that there is a limit to how flexible human beings can be without breaking down, without going insane. And this creates a limit to the amount of information flow and understanding. The dark night of the soul is that it is saddening that that, it, that communication can't take place more efficiently because angel species takes pleasure in considering themselves infinitely flexible. The leap like, of faith is... That last part again, I'm sorry. Okay. It's saddening that humans are not as flexible as, as angel species because angel species takes pleasure in considering themselves infinitely flexible and in communication, in understanding. They put a high value on that. Yeah. Um, the leap of faith is to assist Harmon in, in his age travel. He disappeared into old age, and now he wants to become an infant, perhaps to seek to be more like his host, in other words, babies being more flexible than, than, than older adults. The confrontation with evil and victory is they will be surrogate parents for Harmon, and by extension, perhaps, the rest of the hosted humans. The student becomes a teacher. They are attempting to and perhaps succeeding in teaching the humans to move beyond gendered or other morphic dualities and hopefully real communication cannot be far behind now that's my take on things now tear me a new one if they if you have to <laughs> well i wouldn't do that but um ah is it well, okay let's start like at the beginning go is ahead it okay if i say something about misty's to give you an idea of like how my brain works differently of course of course okay like when i read her story it was like an insight out hero's journey like to me it wasn't tom who was the hero it was sarah peaches who yes. was the hero Finding that works. power was a challenge but she's invisible because like that's how it is in her life like it's all about him and yes until she escapes you know um and moves into her power nobody knows that she's the hero okay and, you know so like I kind of, I kind of think that way. Like I do things in reverse. Like I don't know why, but it just it's the way my brain. No, we will. That you didn't do it in reverse. You just noticed something that is real, and that is that within any good story, there are multiple protagonists. Okay. That, that your interpretation might, you know, it is quite possible that your interpretation of that storyline is better than what I came up with. Seriously. Well, I don't know. So I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to discourage you from thinking that way at all. Okay. So so then in my story. Similarly, like to me, Harmon was the the main character, and okay. I see that I screwed up because, 
you believe that he wanted to go back to being an infant. He was really just trying to go back to being 40 again instead of 88 or whatever he was. Right. But And he went too far. He went too far because he didn't wait till he was like completely neurologically reinvigorated. See, and, and that might not be a mistake on your part. Like I said, your story is very dense. It is a particular type of science fiction where you really have to decode what's going on. Yeah. And in, there are plenty of people. In other words, if you sent this story to Gardner Dozmoff, he would probably be able to decode it in a heartbeat and have no problem. Okay? Um, no, no single human being is infinitely flexible in terms of their ability to decode language and, and meaning. Yeah. Um, if you if if yours pushed me beyond that edge, that's not a fault of your story necessarily. That's a limitation of how far my mind is flexible. You know, and, and one of the values of science fiction is that it encourages us to be more flexible. So I would not I would not hurry to think that you did anything wrong if I were you. Okay. I would you know that that it is my job as a teacher to be positive about the things that I'm clear about, but also be aware of the fact that I don't have infinite understanding. I just don't. And that your mind, if your mind works that way, good on you, if you can make it work. So you have a story here, which after you've polished it some, I would suggest sending out and see what other editors say. Okay. See what other people say. It might communicate with them just great. You know, don't, don't put yourself into my box. But, you know, I, this is one of the reasons why I look at the things that I can look at, and then we talk about it. I do not present myself as being the all-knowing eye. See what I'm saying? Yeah. But you totally got it in terms of, like, learning about um, rigidity, hierarchy, yeah. um, and those kinds of things. And yes. so, like, the, instead of doing that in a, you know, a story that's based in, like, normal earthly experiences, which I I've done in other stories, but I really wanted to write science fiction uh-huh. um, because I love so many science fiction writers. Sure. Octavia is my hero. Okay. Well, and, Octavia and was amazing. I've got a bunch of heroes who I like to read. And so, you know, you, those are, those are fantastic role models. And, and Tanana Reeve, of course. So it, I have better still. Stories. I've only read that one story. I really enjoyed it, but, Anyway, I really thought, oh, God, you know, I'm usually writing things that are just more about life on Earth. Uh-huh. I wanted to try science fiction because I wanted to use this kind of a, um, use it like a tool to, like, so Angel is like an imagination of what we could be if we were less grasping, hierarchical, greedy, rigid, um, about a lot of things. Okay. Gender's one of them, right? Okay, yes. Okay, so... So you are looking, you're looking at, at current stresses concerning gender in, in, uh, in America and in the world well, and asking that. what's on I, the other side of this. Yeah, gender was one of them, and, and I probably, yeah, that's the, that came across the most because I thought it would more, be more compelling if there was some kind of uh, um, emotional, like, Love story, sexuality, or something like that. Okay, you know, I, that's you know, uh, sex and survival are are the things that catch our attention the fastest. Well, that's why I put both of those in there. Yeah, nothing but, you know, yeah, absolutely. You, you, dead bang. You're right. Yeah. So I'm not, but I'm not sure that I got across. 
I think I did get across because I heard it from you, like this thing about rigidity and especially as it applies to gender. At all. Yeah, you you were pretty clear about that. Yeah, I wanted it to apply to age also. Yeah, uh, you, you here's here's where I here's where you did something which I probably needed to read the story twice. We ran into you know li- the limits on my time, but then I trust that people who are listening to this you know are willing to cut me a little slack on that because I'm willing to admit that you know that there's a limit to to, to, to that, so we can have this discussion. Um, you you're you had a lot of ideas in this and the idea about the about the age machine and the morphic flexibility in terms of gender created sort of interference patterns you 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 finally had a genuinely alien environment going on here this yeah. was real science that's why i said this is real science fiction you you know you you went out there and that is that implies to me what do you do professionally um, I'm an associate professor at SUNY. At, at, at what subject? Oh, um, cultural studies. I teach um, mostly women's studies, Native American studies, and Africana studies. Those are the okay, main. so you, you, my dear, have something to offer the world. You, if you can learn how to write in a way that allows you to express the philosophical positions that you have spent years studying academically and you can express yeah. this in, in, in emotional form, um, you could have, you know, that, that you know, I, the thing I love about the life writing process is when I say, you know, write a sentence a day, one to four stories a month, you know, so it, yada, yada, yada. What I know is the people who actually do it can actually create a career. They may or may not be able to make enough money to support themselves. That's a separate issue. But can you publish? Could you write stories that people respected, possibly win awards and so forth and so on? I think that that is within the range of, of my typical readers. You know, the, the, the people who listen to what I have to say on Facebook and, and elsewhere tend to be smart people with, with, with uh, an, a perspective on life. You have an academic training, so that tells me that if you keep doing this, you're going to find your voice, and well, you're going to be fine. I didn't start. I didn't go to college until I was 45. So, uh-huh. you know, my academic life, I already had, like, a long life before that, right? Uh-huh. Were you so, raising a family or something? No, I was uh, trying to be a visual artist. <laughs> oh. And I did oh. art, too, performance art. But, but you, you do understand that that gives you, uh, that gives you a strength, that gives you something you can use. And it was to create a, a highly visual environment that reflects your philosophical take on the world, yeah. uh, both in terms of human beings and, and, and what the world is, because we're not separate from the natural world. You know, to ask the question, why are we the way we are and how can we possibly change, go forward? Um, and then to create visual representations that say this and then describe the visual representations linguistically, that's entertainment. Well, yeah, it's a big challenge. Like, I'm not yeah. sure what to do next, but I thought I'd give this one a try. I mean, I actually wrote this, as you see, in 2000, and that's the year I started grad school. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I think it's interesting. What, what would you say is the, uh, the dark night of the soul in this story? Um, well, here's one thing that I'm, that I, I'm trying to do, and I know it sounds a little, um, okay, so in a hero's journey, there's usually like 
one hero, or maybe there's more than one, but I kind of have this thing of wanting to make everybody's story, like their journey, important. So, like, Clara obviously has a dark night of the soul when Harmon disappears, right? Yes. And Harmon has one when he misuses his machines and, you know, screws himself over and has to figure out how to turn back, you know, into what he wants to be. And Angel has, I guess Angel's is, Angel just has a puzzlement, not really a dark night of the soul, as far as I can tell, but maybe I missed it. Well, no, here, here is, okay, it's the same thing that I said to Misty. The hero's journey is like the 88 keys of a piano. Don't, it's not music. Your use of it makes music. So if I say choose a hero and follow that hero, that doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. There are plenty of books and stories that have multiple protagonists, that shift perspectives all the time. That's just Harder. What we're talking about here is the path by which you can develop your own sense of style. I, I ask people to start as simply as possible. I can't force you to do it. You're a grown-ass woman. You're going to start where your heart tells you to start. I will encourage you to do simpler things, but I acknowledge that as an adult, you have the right to say, no, I can handle more than that. My, my interest is, is doing something that's more complicated, more subtle, more complex. Um, and so then my job is to say, okay, let me help you with what it is that you're trying to do then. That if I can look at your story and follow one character through the story, then you have a spine on which to hang everything else that you're doing. It's not that it's not a, a braid of different elements. Yeah. But ideally, in any story, you should be able to pick multiple carriers, multiple characters Follow them through and you understand their motivations. You understand, you know, their challenges and their road and their allies and their powers and all this different stuff. But by, by winding them together, it becomes like an acapella chorus that, you, that a good conductor takes a bunch of voices and, and, and arranges them in such a way that they create music together, even well, if the individual voices aren't that strong. That's really what I want to do because, you know, you talked about converting philosophy or whatever into, um, into art. And um, yes. since I, I definitely have the same kind of allergy to hierarchy that Octavia Butler and many people have spoken about. Yeah, Octavia felt that, the, that, that hierarchy was one of the greatest dangers to humanity. Yeah, and I just finished reading um, again, uh, rereading. Oh, my God, my brain is slipping because I didn't sleep enough. Um, Oh, uh, Lilith Brood, okay? Uh, okay, Lilith Brood, right. Because in that one, hierarchy is like intrinsic to who human beings are. And they're going to screw up because that's who they are, at least according to these aliens. That's who humans right. are. Like that's just part of who they are. They have two qualities. They're hierarchical and they're intelligent. And they're, yes. their addiction to hierarchy is going to screw up everything. So, but I'm coming from like my background is teaching me that indigenous peoples of various types for for a long, long time understood that we have both of those qualities in them, but they also had ways for dealing with them. But Western culture doesn't have ways for dealing with them because Western culture loves hierarchy, right? That is like the main addiction. But not all cultures are that way. So kind of like to understand how to convey that, like this other kind of, 
communal way of being. Yes. Um, heterarchical, non-hierarchical, like heterarchical meaning like it doesn't mean nobody's ever in charge, but who's in charge changes all the time according to what's being done. So I can. T- here's what I can tell you. Yeah. I can tell you that what you're looking at right there is a conversation which is not only taking place right now, but which needs to take place. It must take place. Um, and as an academic, you are in the position of developing a theory of humanity. You know, you'll notice I will not talk about what my theory of humanity is in this conversation because it's irrelevant. What I want is for you to be clear on yours and then to 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 look at a story as an argumentation. Well, you are I, saying yeah. this is what you think human beings are. I and guess, then I you simply it, showed it. You show it. I do have a theory, although I didn't get it from academia. I use it to question academia. I actually okay. got it from uh, Yoruba religion and from okay. Ojibwe religion because those are like what my family members are, you know, raised in. So, okay. so I actually got it from religious cultures rather than academia, and then I try to bring that in and kind of question things in academia with it. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, so you, but you know, I want to make it into art. So yes. like that's yeah. So I don't I want it to be um what I one of the things I loved about Misty's story was like really there were these these characters that were very fluidly, you know, interfering with each other, right? Yes. So you could look at it the way you did, like here's Tom who's the anti hero or whatever you want to call it, and then there's Sarah and or Peaches which could be a community of women because there's a whole coven at the end, or it could be just one woman. And either one could be, you could follow either one's story because really we all affect each other all the time. Like it's not just about whoever supposedly is the hero. Like that's, to me, that's like a very... You know, I'll, I'll, I would suggest that your your interest in sociology, if you can marry that to a a way of looking at biological organisms in the sense that our sociology arises from our psychology, which arises from our survival imperatives in our biology. There's some straight line there. You create that so that you're grounding it at every level. And so that you, no matter what level you're looking at, you've got an answer, you know, and and a position, you know, on on an Octavia grounded herself. Yeah. Okay. So like basically, yeah, I have thought about the biology. I Great. A lot. Yes, like, I think that that's 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 clear and that's good. I had a sense. Have you studied a lot of like uh, oceanic organisms? No, but I'd love to. <laughs> and because I had this sense that I was I was looking at an underwater world somehow. I mean, wow, for some that's... reason, it, it, I just kept imagining sea anemone fronds, and, and so it just it felt like an underwater community. That's just in my head. It wasn't. But it felt that way to me, where there is this exchange of, of nutrients and, and communication, and it was very fluid in that sense. Maybe it was because everything was so fluid that I, I felt that. But all I'm saying is that you continue down this road, okay. and you, you finish this story, and you get it out, and you go on to your next story, and you get on to the next one after that, and the one after that, and do at least one a month, one to four a month. Just do this. Until you start finding your voice and, and you feel a greater sense of confidence, at that point, you're, you're, if, if you're, 
your philosophy is going to be about one of two things. What are we as human beings or what is the world that we're in? So the creation of your world reflects one aspect of your philosophy and the actions of your characters reflect the other. That's all you have to do, get really clear, and then just do it. So to clarify this story in order to submit it, do I, is that what I should be looking at? Like, um, I think that you can look at what we've been talking here, go over it. I would not suggest that you simplify this story. I would suggest that you clarify it based upon our conversation. You know, I give you the respect of, of understanding that you are, you are uh, an artist who has a vision. Whether or not this story reflects that vision depends on a couple of things within you. Whether the story is effective depends on whether or not it communicates to the editor right. so, and the reader. So you're going to want to send this out so you can get feedback from editors to determine whether or not you are communicating efficiently and effectively. What I think about it is just one opinion. Yeah, it's an intelligent opinion. That's nice. It's a, it's a professional opinion, but it's just one opinion. You're going to want to see how do, how do hard science fiction writers feel about this? How do, how do female editors feel about this? You know, what's going on? What, how, do, how do gay or transsexual editors or people, or what, you know, just that, that there, there is going to be an audience for your honest view of the world. That is what I believe about human beings who become artists. There is an audience. How large is that audience? I can't say. But I think that the more deeply and honestly you communicate, the more universal you become. That, that, that your, your task is not to file the rough edges off your work. Your task is to be as clear as possible about what you think the world is. That is your gift to give the world. That is the only gift we have. So, you know, I, I have these conversations and we have these perspectives. And, you know, whenever I start doing one of these talks, I think to myself, oh, Jesus, this is a lot of work. I really don't like, I, I'm going to quit doing this. But then as soon as I'm actually talking to writers, I remember why I love doing this. And I love doing this. I love talking to people like you about what it is that you're doing and, and how to do it. It reminds me of why the work is important. So, Trust your voice. Just keep work, but keep working. Don't get obsessive about this one piece. Send it out to half a dozen editors. See what other comments you get. And when you get those comments back, let me know. You know, okay. let, me, let me know what's being said about it. You know, um, see if you get any, you know, any uh, uh, feedback, anything other than rejection slips. You might get an acceptance. You might get notes. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not for you to say. It's for you to keep working and send it out. That's what's your job, okay? Yeah. Do you have before I do this next thing? Is there? Do you have any comments, questions, or requests? Um, I can't think of any that I didn't ask you about yet. I'm okay. Probably, I'll probably remember it after a good night's sleep. I'll probably remember all kinds of things I should have asked. <laughs> well, there's something I want to do that I haven't done before, and that is you had a couple comments about Misty's work. I'm going to open Misty up. I'm going to let you guys talk. Okay. Okay? Okay, hold on. Yeah. Misty, are you there? Hello? Misty, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, so Opichi, you know, was interested in in, in your story. She had some things to say about your story. I thought that maybe you guys could talk for 30 seconds or so. So you guys say hello to each other. 
Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. That's funny because I was um I was commenting on Facebook while I was listening, so I was definitely thinking things. Oh, okay. Did you Over hear here. what I had said about your how I read your story or how it felt? I did. I think um I think that helped me with the question Stephen asked me about um why the perspective changed at the end and why do we switch to Sarah. And I think you're right that she is the hero, but she's not the protagonist. She's And for the reason that you said, you know, he's dominating the story until she makes her heroic entrance at the end. Yeah, you made it, you constructed the story exactly like the life is, like he dominates it, but she's the one who's important. And Oh, 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 oh I, I got it. I, I got to interject here. Yes. When you said that you use the structure the way life is, Structure is the way the author says, this is what I think life is. Yeah. Because structure is the interaction of human beings and their world. The structure conveys the ethical <laughs> structure of the universe. When I do this, the world reacts this way. So when you said that, what you're saying is that you felt something about the world that Misty created in the structure with which she represented it. Brilliant. That's, that, that's working. That's what uh, I like you know what? Even say. some more language. It's when um, writers get real technical and they talk about uh, like want and you know what I mean, like and drive and this is how it, the response. You know what I mean? Some writers talk about it's like a back and forth, like a volley that two people are doing. But like when you talk about it in terms of no, it's like really a map of how you think the world works, like what happens when this happens. Like in, in my world, the way I think, what is going to happen if this happens? And it could be totally insane, but I've got to write the way I think, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. just really <laughs> love that story. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's because, like, he's just dominating, brutal, oppressive, but, like, he could not keep her down, and he was held accountable. And where is his body? They will never find it. That's one of the lines in there. There you go. Um, this is good, ladies. I'm I I you know I I think I chose well in terms of the two stories to to do this time. I I enjoy this. I uh, uh, I thank you for for trusting me with your work and for for letting me put it out there and have this conversation with you. You know, oh, as a pair, you, have you guys enjoyed this? Oh yeah, I just wondered. I if, did. Do you have yeah. anything to say about mine, Misty? Um, I did. Um, I was saying that um, what Stephen was saying about the the alien environment, I totally felt that. I felt the influence from Octavia Butler, but more than anything, like I felt a mood. You know what I mean? Um, I was definitely transported into an alien world, and oh. I also liked the structure of it. It was kind of like a a wraparound, whereas there was a, like, there's a mystery kind of presented at the beginning. You know, like, we don't know where Harmon is, and so the whole story is to figure that out. And I was kind of delighted by the answer, and maybe, like, halfway through, I started to figure out maybe this old man is him. Oh, good, good. Yeah, so that was... Excellent. Well, you... You guys should communicate on the life writing form. Well, we should... Okay, good. Yeah, because because, because if you guys will do that, you know, it helps to bring life to the form. Just, just yeah. to you know, that art can be a very lonely thing, 
But if you can communicate, and and by looking at the hero's journey, it's not that you're not going to have all your other theories and all your other ideas. I want to give you a common language when you're examining each other's work. Go through those ten steps, regardless of what else you talk about. Make sure you go through Mm -hmm. that. That common language will enable you to communicate more rapidly with each other, okay? Yeah. I have to say one thing, though, which is I actually wrote this before I read Octavia Butler. So now you know how completely mm. excited and thrilled and happy I was when I finally read her stuff. And I'm like, this is what I was trying to talk about? You know? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> like, oh, well, my God. I found, like, you know, somebody who's trying to do what I was trying to do. Or she succeeded, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That's what well, let's, this yeah, so did you. This is a story. Okay. Listen, um, I'm okay. going to make sure that this recording is available to other people on Life Writing so that they can hear, you know, what, what's going on. And so would you give, would you give us your names clearly for the, for the recording? Uh, Misty? Misty Soul. Okay. And Opichi? Opichi Case. All right. Thank you very much, ladies, for being a part of this. And uh, have a really great week, and I'll t- I'll see you guys every day on the page, and we'll talk again next month. And any people who are listening, if you'd like to submit a story, um, just you know become part of the Life Writing Premium Group, LifeWritingPremium.com, and you'll be able to submit a story. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye.